The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. And comprehend what we are sharing with you in the service you attend. And do yourself a big favor, come online with us for the midweek service. Um, we are teaching about spirit-filled living. How the Holy Ghost can transform your life and change your story. What I said and testified about a moment ago, that's how it changes your life. You feel drained. In this world, you will always be thirsty. Read the conversation with Jesus and the woman at the well. If you are not thirsty spiritually, you will be thirsty mentally. After all those meetings I had yesterday, I was exhausted mentally and even spiritually. Exhausted. That's natural. That's life. It's going to be a problem if you don't know how to be filled afresh. But thank God I know how to be filled. And we've taught extensively on how you can live this way. It's in the midweek service teachings. Glory be to God. I want to bring to a close the first part of what we've been teaching this month. We're going to still continue talking about walking in the power of God next month. Um, our Father in the Lord, Dr. K, is going to be with us next Sunday. Can somebody shout hallelujah to that? I hope you are getting set. It's going to be the climax of all we've been talking and teaching about Restart for the past several weeks and months. Um, next Sunday is Restart with Dr. K. Um, please come back again with your Restart t-shirts. Let's be in the spirit. Let's be in the flow. Let every cell in your body know every demon in hell, every angel in heaven, that you are having a restart, whether the devil likes it or not. <laughs> Praise God. You, you brand yourself. In fact, change your name. My name is now Tunde Restart, can you hear me? For this season. That's how to walk in what God has provided for you. You see, one of the things we talked about, I'm going to reiterate again this morning, is faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. It is an action word. And it is a choice. I could have won anything I wanted to wear this morning. But Sunday was asking me, how many restart shares do you have? You don't know. Even my wife doesn't know. You don't know. <laughs> Whether the devil likes or not, we are having this restart. In fact, some of us have already started. I mean, we, are, we, are, we have restarted already. Dr. K is going to come and crown it for us next Sunday. You don't want to miss it. Now, a few important things. It's going to be a single combined service. So particularly those of you that are used to the second service, please, you have to do some serious adjustments. The service will start by 7.30 next Sunday. It's one service. Dr. K has just one meeting with us. You know he's an, he's an apostle to the body of Christ. He's not just a Kingsword apostle. He's in Benin ministering today. Um, so he's going to give us one Sunday. And we are probably the only Kingsword church that is getting a Sunday morning service. He's honoring us. Let us honor him in return. Now, we can't accommodate everybody in one service. We know that. So, please, if you are going to be in that service and you would love to be in that service, you need to pre-register. The link to pre-register is bit.ly forward slash restart on-site service. I believe it's on the screen. And we are running out of space quickly. I want to encourage everybody to come for the on-site meeting. 
as many as we can. Once we reach the registration limits, we will stop. So please rush to the link, register, make sure you secure a seat. We have limited seating in the hall. We're going to use everywhere, the hall, the gallery, the overflow, even the blue roof outside, as much space as we can, but it's limited. Book your seat. Register for your children as well. Nobody will be permitted in because of COVID principles, um, COVID protocols, if you are not pre-registered because we want to accommodate everybody. Of course, you can also join online, but in honor of Dr. K, I want to encourage everyone to be here. Invite family and friends as well. And if you invite anyone, encourage them to pre-register so you can secure a seat. It will be a life-transforming service for you. The deposit only the Father can make. The deposit only the apostolic oversight can make. That's what is going to be released tomorrow. I mean, next Sunday. So come prepared for it. And all through the week, we'll be reminding you how to prepare well for a special meeting. Praise God. So we've been talking about walking in redemption's resurrection power. The power of God. Every single one of us can walk in the power of God and live in the power of God. If you're a believer and you are not living a powerful life, we studied along that line last week. Paul told Timothy, we should be running away from you. People that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. He said, run away from them. They are not real Christians. Now, it's possible for a real Christian to live that way, but he shouldn't. And that's why we are teaching this. Don't be ignorant of the fact that you have power. And we've been correcting misconceptions people might have. Don't think until you start doing signs and wonders and miracles. That's when you are powerful. No. You can be powerful and not be doing any miracle in that sense. Understand that. Don't think because you have challenges and problems, you are not powerful. No. Apostle Paul was locked in prison and died in prison. He was still a powerful apostle. Many people at that time, if you study Paul's writings, there was a time Paul was walking in signs and wonders and miracles. He's, he wrote it. We'll, I think we're still going to touch on it in our study as we go on. He said, I've gone all around this place. In mighty miracles, signs and wonders. The signs of an apostle were wrought in my ministry. But a season came in his life. He was locked up in prison. And it looked as if God had forsaken him. Because they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And God did not bring him out of prison. And many people were mocking him that, ah, he's only powerful in letters now. When he comes and speaks, no power anymore. Imagine that. Imagine if they lock up one of one president. Don't let me mention the name, please. I may be meeting him next week now or something, so we are friends. <laughs> I love what somebody said. I was in a business meeting recently, and they were trying to ask which political party. And he said, me, I'm, I'm, I support everybody in power. I mean, I'm, 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 yeah, I have to do business with them, so I'm everybody's <laughs> I said that is wisdom. Praise God. <laughs> All right. If a president goes crazy and locks up a leading preacher, a leading apostle, people will, ah, is he still powerful? Where is his God? That's what Paul was going through. Unknown to everyone, God had shifted his plan for Apostle Paul's life. God was now thinking of generations to come, like you and I today. And he wanted somebody to write certain things down. And God didn't want distractions. The prison was tailor-made for Paul. If he was still jumping up and down the place, he would not be able to write those letters. The letters we are reading today. So, understand how to live and walk in God's power. And use it for your life. We've given you six keys up until now. Number one, confession and declaration. 
death and life is in your tongue. Use it well. Speak your redemption. Number two, your thanksgiving, your praise, your worship, your gratitude. God is enthroned. Enthroned is a word of authority on the praises of his people. It's a word of power. When we praise, we activate the power of God. Number three, sharing and preaching the gospel to the Jews that are looking for signs. It doesn't matter. To the Greeks that are um, looking for wisdom. It doesn't matter. But to us that are saved, the preaching of the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Be that person that shares the word of God around and preaches the gospel. Be that person that when people need to pray for their loved ones, they will come to you. They will know you will have the word of encouragement for them. You don't have to be a preacher. You have the word of encouragement for them. You share the gospel with them. You share the gospel with unbelievers. Number four, these are things we've talked about. Your prayer life. The honest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Learn to build a prayer life. Pursuit and restart with Dr. K will help you tremendously. Praise God. Number five is benevolence. We saw Job doing that. Helping other people, it empowers you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. If you help people, God will help you. The power of God is God helping you. Number six is what I shared with you last Sunday. I want to go a little bit deeper in that. There are some things that God gave me that I couldn't share with that. So I will start from there this morning. Faith. I'm believing God. Well, I believe I shared it in the first service. So I hope you listen to the message. Get to that point where Apostle Paul got to. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I believe the power of God is working in me. You see, all these things I've said, your confession, your thanksgiving, your sharing of the gospel, your prayer life, and your benevolence, if it's not done in faith, it will not work the way it ought to work. It's like putting water inside your petrol tank of your car, and you're now saying, my car is not working. Duh. It's designed to work with petrol. These things are designed to work by faith. If you don't believe that the power of God is working in you, it will not work. Not that you don't have the power, but because of your unbelief. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. Look quickly with me at Colossians chapter 2 from verse 12. Colossians 2 from verse 12. Buried with him in baptism. Look at how Paul was describing how we are to walk in this thing. Baptism is talking about the death of Christ, in which you are raised with him, how? Through faith. So we were buried with him, Good Friday, raised with him, Easter Sunday, resurrection. But how does it work? Through faith. And this is where you should have faith in. This is what we taught last Sunday, I believe the first service. You must have faith in the working of God. Faith in the, I love the way King James is the oppression of God. I have faith that the power of God, the oppression of God is working in me. Jesus said, have faith in God. You put your faith in God. So, we were buried with him in baptism. We were raised with him. How? Through faith in the working of God, the oppression of God. Who raised him from the dead? Hallelujah. Look at Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. The same concept was taught here. Faith in the working and oppression of God. Faith that God is working in me. God has not forsaken me. God is working. And if he's working, he's working by his power. I believe it. So when I confess, I believe it's the power of God going to work. When I dance and I praise, I believe it's the power of God going to work. Faith in the oppression of God. 
Philippians 2 verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. That's what there is talking about, the obedience of faith. It's disobedient to live in unbelief. If God says something, when you believe it and you walk in it, it's called the obedience of faith in scriptures. If you tell yourself, hey, they're not talking about me, they're only talking about the powerful Jim, 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 Jim brothers in church, you are wrong. All of us are powerful Jim, 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 Jim brothers and sisters. Can I hear a loud amen? You need to have faith in it. As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. So this is talking about the fact that you do it in church. You confess in church. You sing in church. You give in church. You dance in church. Okay, when you go home, when you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, in your workplace, when there's a crisis at home, when I'm not there, that is when you need to believe it the most. It's not for church. <laughs> Kenneth Copeland taught me that several years ago. So for most Christians, that's if Satan just waits for them in the car park. Just, you park your car. He drives with them to church because he knows they're going to confess and praise and dance and sing and give in church and activate the power. So he will stay in their car park. And when they come back to church, he starts harassing them again. Because the things they did in church, he knows they won't do it at home. He, Satan has grown more bold in my own. That's what they were teaching us when I started this Christian work. He comes to church with some of them now. Because even in church, some people will see no praise. Don't move too much. They won't know I'm talking about you. Some people will not confess. If you say shout hallelujah, some people will not shout hallelujah. Let me try. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, okay. Those people are not here this morning. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> But look at what he's saying. He said, don't only obey or don't only walk in the obedience of faith in my presence when you are in church with me. But now, much more, when I'm not there with you, when I'm not preaching this sermon to you, when I can't hold your hand, when I can't lead you in worship, much more in my absence, walk out your own salvation. Let me bring it in the context of what we are teaching. Walk out your own better future. Every one of us has been called to a better future in Christ. With fear, reverence for God and trembling. Why? Why? And how? How can I do all these things? How can I do faith in your absence, Pastor T or Apostle Paul? How can I do faith when, when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death? How can I do faith when I'm in crisis? How? Verse 13 is the key. For it is God that is working in you. Have faith that God is working in me. God doesn't abandon me when I leave church. Hallelujah. He's working in me. That's where you should put your faith in. It is God that is at work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And it is God's good pleasure for you to walk in power. Number seven key, which is our focus on this stewardship Sunday. We take a Sunday every now and then at least twice a year, to remind us to serve God with our lives. The, fourth, the seventh key is still worship. Still worship. And in the first service, we talked about the fact that it is a treasure. You've got to learn to see your still worship as you will see a billion dollars, or a hundred million dollars, or a million naira, whatever is a treasure to you. That's what Apostle Paul taught in 2 Corinthians 4. Look at what he taught. This is what I want to focus on. This is how we ended the first service. The fact that God will anoint you to serve him. And that's where we start from. Fresh anointing. 
oh, you don't feel like preaching or you don't feel like serving. You don't feel like coming for that unit meeting. You don't feel like doing... You, you ask the Holy Spirit, fill me up, anoint me afresh. God said, I have found my servant David with my holy oil. I have anointed him. God anoints us to serve. And that's the empowerment we are talking about. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth like he anointed David. We studied David. Um, Psalm, what Psalm was it? Was it 89 or 90 from verse 20? 89 in the first service. The same thing. They called Jesus the son of David. And like I said in, in the first service, David was just a type and shadow of you and I. So you can read this like this. How God anointed, instead of Jesus of Nazareth, you can put your name. How God, let's read Jesus because of the text. But God anointed him with what? The Holy Ghost and power. The same thing we are asking him to do for us today. Fill us up, anoint us afresh. Holy Ghost and power. When you are filled with the Spirit, and that's one other thing we are going to teach, you will be empowered by the Spirit. How God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were praised of the devil, for God was with him. The signs and wonders Jesus did was because of the empowerment of the Spirit. And like we've been sharing, that's why sometimes many people try to limit power to just signs and wonders. Of course, I hope I've disabused your mind about that. But of course, it takes power to walk in signs and wonders. This is how Jesus said it of himself. Acts 10.38 was Peter's account. Luke 4, 18, Jesus was quoting the prophecy in Isaiah 61 about himself. These three scriptures are the same thing. Isaiah 61 was where the prophecy was. Jesus fulfilled it in Luke 4, 18. Peter reported it in Acts, Acts 10, 38. Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I have found my servant, Pastor T. With my holy oil, with my spirit, I have anointed him. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Hallelujah. So watch very carefully. Again, to buttress the point I'm making here. And where we are going is that every one of us can walk in power. When Peter was reporting it, Peter summarized it as he went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil because of that power. But look at the text. It wasn't just healing that was there. Healing is included. But interestingly, the first thing that was mentioned is preaching. I am anointed to preach to the poor. I am sent to heal. We are not discounting healing and signs and wonders. We are saying you don't have to wait to start healing people before you start walking apart. You can start by preaching the gospel. The sharing of the gospel is the power of God. Hallelujah. Send me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim. Another thing, proclaim again. The ministry of Micah that I read to you the other day. Liberty to the captives. The recovery of sight to the blind. Signs and wonders. We are not putting it down. Set at liberty those that are oppressed. To proclaim again the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to see something very powerful here that I saw in the apostles several years ago that changed my life. Where stewardship is concerned. And I want to teach you that in this service before we begin to close. In the first service, we talked about the benefits and the rewards of stewardship. This service, I want to teach you to wear your stewardship as a badge of honor. I am an usher in King's Word, in the Church of God. Wear it as a badge of honor. Hallelujah. I work in technical. Wear it as a badge of honor. 
I'm the pastor, I'm the preacher. Wear it as a badge of honor. Don't be ashamed of it. I walk in the children's church. Wear it as a badge of honor. The apostles did that. They boasted to everybody that is ready to hear about the fact that they were servants of God. And there's a power in it. There's a power in it. It's something you should choose to identify with. So, quite honestly, we should never have a church where we are trying to cajole, force, or beg people to serve. No, it should be a badge of honor. We talked about dressing with power last Sunday. After you've put on all those attires, now put on a badge of stewardship on top of it. Oh, hallelujah. Look at their writings. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 1, Apostle Paul. We then as workers together with God. Workers together with him. We also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. I want to emphasize the fact that he was saying I'm a worker with God. I'm a worker in my church. I serve God in my church. I serve God in the kingdom of God. I serve humanity in my stewardship to God. I'm a worker together with God. Boasting about their stewardship. Second Corinthians 5.20. Look at the way he called it. And I talked about this in the first service. Where they will use a natural phenomenon that we appreciate to describe a spiritual reality for us so that we can really appreciate it. So Paul called his ministry a treasure. Look at what he called his stewardship here. Verse 20 of Second Corinthians chapter 5. Now we are ambassadors for Christ. I'm an ambassador. So, like the U.S. ambassador will stand proud. I'm representing the United States government's interest in Nigeria. A worker, a steward of God should stand proud. Wear your stewardship as a badge of honor. I'm an ambassador for Christ. That's how they thought. That's how they lived. They were not ashamed of it. They didn't have to be forced. Which one of you here will refuse appointment if Joe Biden should send you a letter? Ah, I have seen your Facebook page. I like some things you are saying on social media. I want to make you an ambassador, a UN ambassador. Which one of you will, re will reject that appointment? Talk to me. Nobody. Why will you reject the opportunity to serve God in his church? There was an understanding they had. We are ambassadors of Christ. First Corinthians 3.9 For we are God's fellow workers. King James calls it co-laborers. Forget, oh, it's not Pastor T I'm in partnership with, oh, it's with God. It's not Dr. K I'm partnering with, oh, it's with God. It's not any man of God. I'm a co-laborer of God. I'm a partner with God. This business, you know God called kingdom business. I'm a partner with God. Look at the way they elevated their thinking. Some of you may not know this. I have business interests here and there. Some of them with my family members and all that. They don't beg me. I know I'm a co-heir in that business. I know I have a stake in that business. It's not a beg. I get what I'm saying this morning. Watch this. Please put it up for me very quickly. I'm just going to read the text. Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Very quickly. All the scriptures I put at the bottom here. Paul was going to say, a born servant of Christ. A born servant of Jesus. 
that they were in bondage in prison. Went as a badge of honor. Philippians 1.1. You see it over and over again. This is how they introduce themselves to people. Of all ways they could introduce themselves. I am a servant of God. In another place they write, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. Saying the same thing. But I'm picking up the ones that we call themselves, Paul and Timothy, born servants of Jesus Christ. We serve God. Titus 1.1. Put up the next one. We serve God. Paul, a born servant of God. It wasn't only Paul that understood the mystery. Look at John. I mean James. James 1.1. Of all ways to introduce themselves. What did James say? James, a bond servant. I always call this one James Bond. A servant of God. You know, like 007 we say, my name is Bond. James Bond. I'm serving her, the queen. Her majesty. I'm on her majesty's secret service. And he will do the badge of honor. Tuxedo, special gadgets and everything. Paul was before him. Or James was before him. I'm a bond servant of Christ. Wear your stewardship. As a badge of honor. Peter was the last one I want to show you. Second Peter 1 1. Praise God. Hallelujah. Simon Peter. What did he call himself? A born servant and an apostle. They started most of their letters like that. We are servants of God. Though. They could have introduced themselves and the, the husband of one wife, the father of two children, miracle workers. They, but they said we are servants. They were communicating something to generations yet unborn. It pays to serve God. That's what Jesus told us in the text we read. John chapter 12. The Bible reading that was read to us today. Glory be to God. John chapter 12. The Bible records they came to tell Jesus, now the Gentiles are asking for you. What happened? You need to see the chronology of what happened there. This started after Jesus did that miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. When CNN carried it, he, the latest miracle of Jesus, he raised a man from the dead. A man had died four days. Then people came from Greece. The Greeks came. We will see Jesus. They started asking for him. Nothing wrong with miracle signs and wonders. Hallelujah. But watch what Jesus taught here. They heard about the miracle he did. Please watch this. Watch this. Don't miss this. The seventh basic, simple way to walk in resurrection, miraculous power is stewardship. That's what he taught us here. He did a miracle, a major miracle. Miracle is for advertisement. They came to ask for him. We will see Jesus. Verse 23, Jesus' response was, wow, this is a sign that it's time for me to go to the cross. Jesus answered and said to them, The hour has come, verse 23, that the Son of Man should be glorified. Put that in your left hand. <laughs> my daughter was reminding me yesterday. She was reading my mom's um, funeral brochure. And she just started laughing out loud. I said, Why are you laughing? Then she said, I, I saw this statement you made here. Something my mom taught me growing up. So I was using it to eulogize her when she died. That she would say, this thing I'm telling you is very important. Put it on your left hand. She would say it in Yoruba. So that you won't use it to eat eba. So, Nifem read yesterday. She laughed. <laughs> Praise God. This thing I'm telling you, that Jesus is telling you, put it in your left hand. So you use it to eat eba. The time has come for me to be glorified. This is what stewardship will do for you. You will see it in a moment. 
it will bring you into a place of glory with God. That's what the apostles understood that they was the worship as a badge. They were proud to serve God. They were proud to serve Jesus. The hour has come that the Son should be glorified. Of course, it meant going to the cross. Then he gave that illustration of seed going to the soil. Pastor Noel thought about this at the beginning of the month. Jump to verse 25 because of time. Put these words of Jesus in your left hand so you will never forget it the rest of your life and you will not use it to eat eba or pounded yam or fufu or whatever it is you like to eat. Praise God. <laughs> I feel my mother preaching to someone from the grave this morning. I will say that thing again. Put it in your left hand so you never forget it by eating a bowl of fufu with it. Verse 25. We said this as we closed the first service. He that loves his life will lose it. Having said everything, serving God boils down to your love for God. It's an expression of your love for God. Boils down to that. But the person that loves his life oh, and he will not use it to serve others, he will lose that life. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. But he that hates his life and is referring to stewardship, you will see it in a minute. Hate not that you hate yourself and you don't want good things for yourself. No. Hate in the sense that you don't prioritize your own things alone. He that hates his life in this world, he will keep it unto eternal life. And this is what he's talking about. If anyone serves me, our stewardship to God and for Jesus, watch this, it's the equivalent of him going to die on the cross. I am going to die. I'm going to plant myself as a seed and I will bring forth more fruit as other children. I'm not asking you to come and die on the cross. I've already done that for you. But for you to follow my example, what to do is that serve me with your life. He that serves me, let him follow me. Are there followers of Jesus in the house this morning? Let me hear you shout, I follow Jesus. And where I am, my servant will also be. And this is it. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. They told him, we want to see Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to die. It's time for me to be glorified or to be honored. If you serve me, following my example, the same honor I got, God will give it to you. Hallelujah. Where stewardship as a badge of honor. Let me say the reverse. Be ashamed where you are not serving God and when you are not serving God as you ought. I'm not asking you to go and kill yourself or to be depressed. Don't, don't be happy with yourself. For those of us that are already serving, how can we do it better? Thank God that we are already working in this flow. For those of us that are not, please learn these basic principles. And use your life to serve God. Rise on your feet this morning. Lift those hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven. I want you to make a fresh commitment and a fresh consecration to serve God. It's a matter of honor. Look at me. Would you love God and men to respect you in this life? Talk to me, church. Start by serving. I will remind you of my story again. The first job they gave me in this church when I came was to be driving Dr. K around. Ah, you have a car. Be driving. They didn't give me a microphone. 
They didn't make me a cell leader. We didn't even have cells in those days, in that sense. Start from somewhere. Praise God. And as God sees your heart, he will begin to honor you. And he will begin to lift you up. The hour has come that the Son of Man, somebody say he's talking about me, will be glorified. Say it again, God is talking about me. Say this, the hour has come for me to be glorified. One day, perhaps, you may end up as the senior pastor of the church. Or any other place of glory, God wants to lift you. Praise God. Lift your hands with me this morning. Make a fresh commitment to serving God. Wherever you are, whoever you are. We have just a few moments left in this service. Fresh commitment. Put up Philippians chapter 2 for us as we close. Oh, Look at verse 9. Wear stewardship as a badge of honor. Put up verse 9. Just that that's the only verse I have time for right now. Put up that verse 9. Somebody lift your hands. I'm telling you what to do. Make a fresh commitment to serve God with your life. Lift your hands. Fresh commitment. If you're already doing it, don't remain where you are. Go to the next levels. If you're not doing it, take the first initial steps. Oh, shantayalabrakatasa. Lift your hands and bless him. Fresh commitment to serve God with my life. The hour has come for me to be glorified. My own time has come. Jesus' time came in John chapter 12. And he told me, Tunde, follow my example. The hour has now come for me too to be lifted high and to be glorified and to be promoted. I wear my stewardship as a badge of honor. Philippians 2.9. You need to study from verse 5 to verse 11 if you are not familiar with this text. He told us, let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Who humbled himself like a servant and served and obeyed. Obedience of faith to the point of death. Therefore, verse 9. God has what? Exalted. Lifted him up. Honored him. And given him a name. Hallelujah. That is above every other name. That will be your story in this season. God will lift you up as you serve him. God will promote you. God will honor you. And look at me. God will give you something that nobody else. Or let me say it this way. God will give you something that everybody around you will honor and respect. You will be an example in your generation. God will give you a testimony. God will make you a reference point. God will make other people want to live the kind of life you have. You will have a testimony like I have not been sick in the last 20 years. And people will want to hear that. He will give you a name that is above every other name. Oh, Father, we give you praise. For one more minute, lift those hands. Lord, we consecrate ourselves afresh to you. We consecrate ourselves. Our lives are for your service. Our thoughts our talents, all that we are, all that we have. On this Stewardship Sunday, we celebrate stewardship. And we, like the example we see in the apostles, wear it as a badge of honor. And we make that commitment to be born servants of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all the days of our lives. And we thank you for the honor and the promotion it brings to our lives. Can the people of God shout a loud Amen! Hallelujah!
Let's have our seats in God's presence, everyone. We're going to give as we close. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.